And a warm-hearted good morning. Welcome to the Brimpen Studios, where we look at relevant issues that affect our Christian world once again. Well, the topic for discussion this morning, does it really count as tithing and uh, offerings if you don't give directly to the church? And what does that actually mean? Jesus said, and I quote, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured onto your lap. It's been said the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Is that true or not? Have a look at Luke 6 and verse 38 in the New Living Translation and uh, see if that makes sense. Furthermore, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6 says, Whosoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. There's another scripture I'd like to quote to you. It's 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. It instructs us and says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It would seem that it's difficult to give cheerfully when giving sacrificially. Needs abound today amongst the body of Christ and elsewhere in the world, of course. And because of that, everywhere we turn, people, organizations seem to be asking for our money. Question is, how can we know where we are supposed to give? And does it count as tithing if we don't give directly to the church? Did Jesus really teach that our heart's condition when we give is far more important than how we give or where we give? But that doesn't mean he left us clueless when it comes to giving biblically. Scripture abounds with instruction on practical, God-pleasing ways that we can give our tithes and offerings today, and they aren't confined within the walls of our local church. Or is it? Stay tuned as Brunpunt look at modern-day tithing, and does it count as tithing if you don't give directly to the church? We'll be back with our respondents right after this. Well, we back in the program, Brunpunt, and as promised, got our respondent on the line, taking you down to Hermanus in the beautiful Western Cape, speaking to the Bishop Frank Retief. Bishop Frank, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Just in a nutshell, your background, bio, and your involvement with the body of Christ on earth, please, sir. Hello, Vainant. I'm so glad to be with you. Thank you for inviting me. My wife and I have been in ministry for over 50 years. And uh, we have uh, been involved in preaching the gospel and in planting churches and in various forms of mission work, speaking at conferences, writing books, doing radio programs, YouTubes. Our involvement is gospel involvement. Our concern is the word of God and the salvation of souls. And that's how I present myself to you. Thank you so (laughs) much for joining us this morning. Bishop Frank, our discussion this morning all about uh, does it count as tithing? if you don't give directly to the church. For those who's not sure of it, what exactly would you say is tithing and offerings? What's the difference? Well, as I understand it, of course, tithing is an Old Testament uh, concept. It was the concept that God introduced to Israel 
as a as a learning experience on how to give. And it was a, a, upon that concept that the Old Testament idea of giving was built and expanded. But in the Old Testament, tithing was got, what God commanded the people of Israel, the Hebrew people, to give for the upkeep of the temple and of the religious work of the priests and the Levites. Offerings were in addition to to tithing. It was what somebody might want to do. It, it, it wasn't incumbent on everybody. Somebody might want to an offering for a child that was born or health that has been restored or good harvest or whatever the case may be. So there were various kinds of offerings that were made, but they didn't fall into the same category as tithing. Tithing was compulsory for all the Hebrew people according to what they were able to do. So tithing then compulsory and offerings over and above. That's correct. That is correct. Why is it when we talk about tithing, especially in the so-called modern day and age, it makes people's neck hair stand on end? Why is it such a sensitive topic for so many Christians, people who say they're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they get all on the offense when you talk about the tithing? Well, I think there's a number of reasons for that. I think that the first is that in our age, we have been a witness to the tremendous abuse of money that some churches have committed, and it has put a lot of people off. I think in addition to that, we've become a far more materialistic age where we're reluctant to part with money that we want to keep for ourselves. And I, I think that many people don't want to give money because they don't know what they're giving it to, and they don't know why they should be giving it. And it sounds like a harsh religious concept that there's some almighty God up there who's demanding your money from you, and nothing could be further from the truth. It is a complete misrepresentation of the entire thing. Bishop Frank, isn't tithing then a part of, of the law, uh, Old Testament concept? You've, you've made mention of it a moment or so ago. What about people who say, well, I'm now under grace. I'm not under the law. I don't have to tithe. What would you say to them? Well, first of all, go back to the Old Testament and tithing. And remember that when the people were rescued from Egypt, they were not sophisticated people. They were really just a bunch of barbarians that God rescued from Egypt. And God had to form them into a people known as the Hebrews or the Israelites. And as part of his teaching and forming of them, he gave them laws by which they could live. And tithing was one of those laws which was meant to be an indication of acknowledgement that all of their blessings came from him. Now, when you come to the New Testament, that falls away because something greater has happened, something greater than the rescue through the Red Sea and the parting of the waters. And that is Christ has died on the cross for us. And so those who come to the Lord Jesus Christ and understand what he did for us on the cross and that he made an atonement for our sins and we can be forgiven and adopted back into God's family and God and Christ has risen from the dead to be our, our king and our leader. Well, our hearts are filled with gratitude so that what used to be a law is now turned into a spirit of gratitude and thankfulness to God for all that he has done. That is why tithing is not mentioned 
in the New Testament because our giving is now based on gratitude and thankfulness to God for all that he has done. Well, Bishop Frank, as I understand it, then it's about giving and not a legalistic way of working it out to 10% exactly. It's all about giving and cheerfully giving unto the Lord. Not so. That's right. The tithing principle in the Old Testament was something that God used to teach his people how to give reasonably. Now, uh, it's a a guide. And so now that we come to the New Testament, you know, the the tithe was the least that you could give in the Old Testament. That's the least that you could give. But now in the New Testament, we are urged to give all that we can give, everything that's possible for us to give within reason. It's no longer a law. It's now an attitude. When you fall in love with a girl and you take her out for the evening, you don't stint on it. You don't tell her to pay for her own dinner. You, you, you pour out all of your love and your gifts on her. And so now that we belong to the Savior, our hearts have been released. We've been forgiven. What price can you put on that? So everything we have belongs to him. And so we give him what we can. Of course, we've got to live and we've got to pay other things as well. So what we give what we can. We don't give what we can't. We give what we can. So it's kind of legalistic to look at then the New Testament, use it as an excuse and say, well, tithing is not mentioned in the New Testament. Otherwise, give me the scripture for me then to do tithing. Would you call that kind of legalistic uh, looking at it that way? I think that's not only legalistic, but I think it's unchristian. I think it is somebody who has not understood the gospel who talks like that. And uh, somebody who has got that attitude toward tithing or money is somebody who still needs to be redeemed. Somebody needs to be be freed inside by the grace of God. But uh, tithing is certainly not a New Testament principle as it was in the Old Testament. It has been superseded by generosity. My willingness. Bishop Frank, what about somebody that says, well, I don't go to church at the moment, just come through COVID-19, second year of that now. Many people are not able to go to church or have not gone to church for quite a long time. What about those who says, well, should I still donate, give of my income to the church? What would you say to them? Well, of course, it depends on whether such a person is still able to do so. Financially, if they are able to do so, my answer is yes, they should still be giving to the work, to the work of God. Because just because of COVID, God doesn't take a rest and say, well, I'm going to stop working on earth. He's still at work. There are still people out there who are in need. There are still the word still being preached. The poor and the needy are all around us. The churches are still trying to operate under very difficult circumstances. And so if we're able to under COVID, we should still be donating regularly to our churches. And incidentally, I have heard um, during COVID of several churches whose finances have increased, for which I thank God that shows that those people have understood what giving is all about. What do we say to those who says, well, as far as money are concerned, I need to pay off my debts first before I can tithe or give offerings to the church. What do you say to that individual? I think it's right to pay off your debts. It's a very important biblical principle. But that doesn't release you from the obligation of supporting the work of God. Now, if you've got yourself into a debt situation where you can't do that, you really need to get help. You may even need to repent 
because you you have been irresponsible but 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 nevertheless you need to take care of the things that need to be ta- taken care of you need to take care of your debt and your family but that does not release you from the fact that as soon as you are able you should then once again be donating to the work of god we should not be looking for excuses not to give to the church you see we should be looking for every opportunities that we can give but i realize that some people are in hard circumstances and in debt sometimes not not because of their own making and their situation is not always because of their own making and then we must remember the words of the scripture every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the lord yeah. and if you're not able then you're not able there's a saying, if, if America sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. And there's a saying in America, if you want to get rich, you, you start a church. People are saying, why should I give to my church? You know, they seem to be doing financially very well. I should rather use my money and help a fellow believer who's in dire straits. My church doesn't need that money. And like you said earlier on, well, who, who knows anyway what they're using the money for? You know, what would you say to that? Well, I I think, first of all, that there are many people who have started churches that have become money-making machines. We've all been exposed to that in in these past years. And, of course, we should steer clear of churches like that. But if you belong to a church that is a true faithful church, doing the work of God, and where your, your, your teachers and your elders and your ministers are true men of God preaching the gospel— and they and they are people with Christian character, and it's always better to have Christian character than gifts. By the way, I don't want to have a preacher with great gifts. I want to have a preacher with great character, who can model Christ to me. Then we should support that church, and it doesn't matter if the church is is quite well off. That is where we are commanded, first of all, or at least where the Scripture leads us to believe, we should first of all be supporting. However, the believer is not under any law, so. If he says, look, my church is doing quite well and I want to help support this particular mission or this particular uh, thing that's going on amongst poor people, he's not forbidden to do that. But if he takes a hard line and says, hmm, they are too rich, they've got too much money, I'm going to give my money elsewhere, he's moving into a kind of a legalistic kind of, of ugly sort of and mode and temper, yeah. which is not not part of what it means to be a Christian. What about helping your own family? Maybe my elderly parents uh, who are struggling during these COVID periods, who perhaps are retired and didn't make sufficient uh, plans uh, for retirement. Rather helping my elderly parents, my own bloodline, as opposed to giving offerings and, and tithing to the church. Are we faltering there? Are we making a mistake there? Or what would you say? No, I think it's very important for us to look after our parents and our families. I think that we have an obligation to do so. Even Jesus made mention of that once in the Gospels. But I think that it's important for us to to be sensible about what we are doing. I don't think we should be supporting irresponsibility, but we should support our elderly parents who are in need most definitely. But that doesn't relinquish the need and the obligation for us to support God's work where we can. Now, maybe you can't do both. That's fine. God is not a hard taskmaster. The Lord Jesus Christ said that his burden is light. He didn't say it was a heavy burden. He knows what your circumstances are. And so we are to give as we are able. 
And if and if you can only do one or the other, well, then you must do what is right. You must look after your 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 loved ones, and you must resume giving to the church as soon as you can. When we started the program, I quoted Luke six thirty eight: uh, "Given, you will receive." Yeah. Um, and, and your gift will return to you in full, uh, pressed down, shaken together um, to make room for more. It's been said that your gift will determine the amount that you get back. Isn't it taking God's word out of perspective? Well, I think there are some people who will do that and who will use verses like that to um, underscore their own belief that the more they give, the more they'll get. If you are giving to get, well, then you're on the wrong track completely. You really need to rethink who you are. You give because you are grateful to God. But God in his mercy has so organized the world so that those who are generous discover that they in turn are treated generously as time goes by. And so, and so, and so God, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, I, I have been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the Lord's seed begging bread. So God, in his great mercy, he, he cares for those who belong to him and who give to him. And so if you give and you're generous and you're not worried about your, your, your generosity, it's in your heart, you will discover that God will, will turn that back to you in some way. I'm not saying he'll do it in terms of money and motor cars and things like that, but you may discover that his generosity comes in other ways, in good health and good friendships and and, 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 and the ability to support yourself in old age and, and things like that. So for us to begin to think purely in narrow terms, if I give, I'm going to get well, we are on the wrong track completely. That is a pagan way of thinking. That's how the pagans went to the temple to, to give so they could get back favors from the gods. Almost with an ulterior motive, not so. Exactly right. Mm. Yeah. Bishop Frank, you know, when we talk about tithing and giving unto the Lord, and, and I want to know, is it scriptural? Where does this come from? It's been said uh, that it's biblical for believers to first financially support the church where they attend and where they are spiritually being fed and, and ministered to. That is the right way to do it. Is that your understanding as well? Because we're discussing this and saying, does it count as tithing if you don't give directly to the church where you're worshiping and attending church? What is your take on it? Well, first of all, there's, there's no verse that says that in the Bible. Yeah, It's purely common sense that if you are going to a fellowship which is looking after you spiritually and which is truly feeding you and caring for you spiritually and where you are being blessed and helped, it makes sense that that is the place that should have the first call on whatever money you can you can give. But there's no verse that says you can't also, if you want to, split your tithe or whatever it is and give to some other cause that you think is worthy. There's the, the, you, you are free. There's no law binding you and money except the law not to be not to be covetous. And so and so if I think the I think it is a right principle. It's just common sense that you that you first look after your church, and, but that you also, if you can, you look you you donate to those who are in need and and that you believe in. Yeah. Does tithing always have to do with money? Could it be your time, your effort, your labor that uh, that you give to the church as well, or is it always tithing always to do with money? 
Well, the tithe simply means the tenth, so it can apply to anything. It can apply to your labor, it can apply to to anything. You you can give a tithe of anything to to the Lord. And um, But in the Bible, the word tithe has been tied, in the Old Testament, it was tied to your, to your giving, to your money, to the Old Testament temple. So that's how it's got tied to money. But the fact of the matter is you can, in fact, tithe anything you can tithe, but not in place of money. You know, if, if you come to me and you say, well, I didn't give my financial tithe this, this, this month, but I did give a, a tithe of my time and I went and, and nailed a new roof on the church. Well, you know, you're just fooling yourself in the end, you know, because we're supposed to do both if we can. But so you can't use one in place yeah. of the other. Yeah. Our hearts are, are desperately wicked, you know. We'll do what we can to get out of parting with our money if we can do it. We're supposed to be stewards of what God grants us in his infinite love and grace. Now, asking that, I want to ask you this. What about a husband and wife where the husband does not believe in tithing, doesn't even go to church or believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but the wife does? And the Bible says she's got to be submissive to her husband. Um, What about tithing then? Must she pay tithing to the church or obey the husband? She she, She must definitely not cause trouble in the home. And if she had to give money to the church, she would be causing trouble in the home. So uh, my advice would be that uh, she should be praying for the church and helping in any way she can, but not deliberately bringing about friction in her own home. God understands this. He, He does not expect us to do things we cannot do. He knows our circumstances. He is with us. He's not sitting up in heaven looking down on us. He is with us here on earth. He is, he's, he's, he's with you there in the studio. He's with me on the, on the end of the line. He knows what the woman's problem is, and he does not expect us to do the impossible. Well, you've used the word, he's not a hard task master, and we should keep That's that right. in mind as we continue with this discussion. Second Corinthians 9, 7 talks about a cheerful giving as you decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. It would seem that it's difficult to give cheerfully when giving sacrificially. Your comments? The word cheerful, of course, doesn't necessarily mean to be happy, you know, or, or it, it, it means to be willing. It means, it means yes, I agree with that. I, I want to be part of that. And so you take of your hard-earned savings and you, and, you, and, you, and you give toward the cause. Of course, when the Apostle Paul was writing those words, there was a general collection being taken up around all the churches around the Mediterranean area for what was happening in Jerusalem where there was a great famine and there was tremendous trouble and all the churches were trying to help the first church in in Jerusalem and and to be cheerful about it is to be willing to say yes yes i i i i, I want to be part of it it's it's like it's like an earthquake happening somewhere and people saying please can you help us can you and we say yes we want to help you know we're not cheerful and happy about it but we see the need and we're willing to get involved with it. And so we are 
we are cheerful in the sense that we are are willing and glad to be part of what God is doing. Bishop Frank, we've basically looked at this at every possible angle imaginable. I would imagine uh, with 400,000 people listening, there could be a few more questions coming your way, but we need to come to an end this morning. If you have to sum it up, your final thoughts on cheerful giving, on tithing, keeping in mind the discussion this morning is, does it count as tithing if you don't give directly to the church? What would your final thoughts be on our topic of discussion this morning? Well, I think that the starting point must be that we have given ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. That must be the starting point. Tithing or any other matter concerning the Christian life is totally irrelevant to us if we are not new creatures in Christ. We will not understand it. We will not like it. We won't want it. It will not be part of what, of what we are. But when you become a true Christian, everything in you changes and your whole heart changes so that all your possessions you see as coming from God, everything belongs to him. And so you want to give everything to him out of a heart of gratitude. In fact, the word gratitude is the one word that describes the Christian life best. We are filled with gratitude for all that Jesus has done for us. And everything I do for him is because of what he has done for me. And so I give what I can. If I haven't got it, I can't give. Uh, if, if my church, if I'm doubtful about my church, I don't give it. If I, if I, if my church is a good, honest, God-fearing uh, church teaching the Bible, I'll help them as best I can. But it all comes out of that first commitment to Christ, and I hope that all your hearers have made that commitment. Never again can you say, "I did not hear." I did not know. He's either God of all or not God at all. With that, That's our correct. sincere thanks to our respondent this morning, the Bishop Frank Retief, all the way down from Hermanus in the Western Cape. Bishop Frank, thank you so much for sharing your heart, a biblical context of God's word on tithing and our discussion this morning. Does it count as tithing if you don't give directly to the church? The Lord bless you and your family, and thank you for chatting to us here at Radio Pulpit. Well, God bless you, and thank you for having me.